good evening, everyone, and thank you for the great introduction, Nick. Uh, my name is Noah Changa, and yeah, uh, I've been a grassroots Bernie supporter in the trenches, like probably many or most or everyone on the call, since uh, June 2015, so almost two years now, right? <laughs> um, uh, yeah, so 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 just just thinking about just you know, being involved in, in, in why I came to, 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 you know, be amongst my friends and Bernie. Um, we've definitely been looking at, you know, the opportunity or the possibility of moving the needle in a very different way in the way we engage not only in politics at the national level. Um, you know, I know everyone's been disgruntled and fed up with just the way things continue to go and the cycle spiraling downwards. Um, but also just thinking about, you know, our communities, thinking about the local level and how we can be more active and engaged and really reach and connect with people because so many amongst us have checked out and not because they don't care or people are just ignorant or whatever the rationale and reason people are dismissive of those who either choose not to vote or whatever the case may be. But really there's a sense and a feeling when you look around so many communities that people are not feeling represented. They don't feel like their voices matter as they're being heard. You know, people go like we just, I live in Georgia, I'm in the deep south. Our governor just signed a campus carry bill so they now can carry guns on campus that he actually vetoed last year. It's the same bill. He just different session. Um, nothing has changed. And, and suddenly now, you know, and there is like massive outrage about it. But but people need to do something to channel, channel that outrage. So getting involved, you know, trying to do stuff around the Bernie Sanders campaign last, you know, almost two years now was, was a really great place for me to put a lot of my own energy and angst and frustration. Um, and that has led to working with Marcus Farrell, the former director of African American Outreach for Bernie Sanders with Impact alongside um, uh, founding members include Dr. West and, and Nina Turner um, in, in helping to build out an opportunity to um, engage year-round in, in primarily, you know, communities of color, black communities, underrepresented communities as well, um, just in general, and, and really engaging with people in t and having those touches, not just when it's time a few weeks out from an election, but really being able to connect with people and also providing folks with the tools and the ability to advocate for the issues that are happening in their communities at a local level. So. Um, so I definitely relate to, to, to the draft burning team, you know, on what it is to build something brand new from the ground up um, with little institutional support to do what you're doing. And so through all of that, I've also, you know, done, you know, I'm a small voice in the independent media world through my show and podcast. I did start off with the Benjamin Dixon show, and I am now, you know, exclusively providing my own content through the way of Fanoa, as well as um, the Progressive Army blog, where I'm an editor at large. And that that media and democracy is so crucial, you know, not just from what we see with the the fight that's definitely coming down the line in terms of net neutrality, but but in terms of being able to represent voices and opinions, we watched in this past election cycle, you know, we watched how Bernie Sanders was 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 we, we watched how he was basically you know blacked out from any type of real meaningful media coverage, right? Um, at, at at so many different levels, even with local news, you know, and where so many people do actually get their their information from you know their regular local news, which did be nothing. And then we also saw how the media which was drunk on power, money, and ratings, gave Donald Trump, you know, all that access to, to, to just free publicity for, for almost a two-year cycle. 
And and we continue to still see. There was a report recently about how MSNBC clearly is not on board with resistance because they don't shy away from you know more favorable conservative coverage. And so being a part of this 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 realm of independent media and and providing stories, providing insight that we're not getting in the mainstream you know, areas, but also providing a platform to share voice with other people, right, to share space, to lift up other voices has been really crucial for me. Because I really do think that the more and more we talk with other organizers, we, we, we look at stories that are going on and, and who has best practices. I mean, we really need to have a share economy to some extent with our organizing and our work because, you know, you can be in Seattle and you might have some really great tips and strategies. And while your political climate is different, it can still be beneficial and something that we can adopt down here in the South, for example, you know, but, but at least getting those, those juices flowing and talking with other people it really can make a difference. So I love, you know, the opportunity over the last year through the primary process. You know, we had the rise of the Bernie crash last year. I got to talk to folks like Corey Bush and Peter Jacobs, Athena Salzman, who was one of the millennial candidates that I interviewed during a roundtable. She won her race um, along with her two. Uh, they ran as a slate. They were the clean election slate because of the clean election laws in Arizona, they were able to take, you know, um, funds from the, from the state as well as, you know, to raise some modest amount from their, their community, and they ran a very strong, solid campaign. So there has been so much that I've learned in that process, but, it, but the, most, the best part about it has been the work that people are doing. Um, you know, they're, 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 they're activists in New York, and we saw, you know, recently with, with the shutdown Rikers movement, and, and Rikers is on a longer plan to get shut down, but... Uh, Keen Browder, his brother Khalif Browder, was the subject of a Spike TV um, docu docu series recently. Um, some of you may have heard the story of the young man who went to Rikers on a trumped-up charge that he ultimately was not guilty of, and, and subsequently, um, sometime after he was finally released after three years, he uh, he uh, committed suicide. And but that story and, and the issue with you know the no money no bail movement, I mean. Being able to share voices, to share stories, to highlight the efforts of others is so crucial. One, we know we're not alone, right? When we have, when we're able to connect in this intricate network of, of of spaces, right? Whether it's through these organizing calls, whether it's through you know um, being able to directly stream and share voice, people know they're not alone, right? And and, and I really see. No, it may sound cheesy to some folks. I'm a mom. I have teenagers, so I tend I can get cheesy and anecdotal sometimes. But I really do feel like we need to find a way to connect with people on that very most basic personal level, right? And we need to tap into what inspires people to act beyond what they absolutely have to do in their day-to-day. -day. Because all of us have multiple combinations of things that are bearing down on our lives that we have to maintain, but the work still needs to get done. And how do we get more people involved besides those of us who are crazy enough to do this stuff on top of work, school, caring for elderly parents, caring for sick children, whatever else we may have going on, right? How do we really tap to other people to get people to understand the value in doing what we're doing, right? What, what, is, what, is, what is the purpose? What is the point? And how, what are the residual benefits? Like, how does this work? And I think that the more and more that we continue to communicate, not just with existing organizations and activists, I, I really like to talk with folks from, you know, smaller, more grassrootsy, less established, you know, groups, because those are people who tend to be really on the ground working 
in the communities where we need to be touching people. You know, we just saw in this election cycle that nearly half the country did not vote. Um, and we know that in certain communities that people generally don't, again, like I said before, because people feel like the, 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 the system does not work for them. And these are people that we need to be talking with. We need to be organizing. We need to be strategizing. We've got to think smarter. You know, the one, the one thing that I really got fired up post-primary, right, and began talking to people, and um, we've been, you know, so many different people trying to figure out what do we do, how do we do this, because what we watched happen during the primary, and especially for if any of you were um, delegates or you had friends who were delegates, we watched it all fall apart. Again, independent media was there covering um, some of my colleagues from the Progressive Army, along Ben Dixon, Michael Salomon, several folks, were among those who were in D.C., I mean, in Philly, on the ground with the delegates when they walked out, right? Like, like we would have never known what was happening but for independent media providing that other vantage point. Um, whereas, you know, we have Jeff Weaver on TV <laughs> chugging it out with Donna Brazil, like, yeah, it's all unity, everybody's fine. And that, that, that wasn't the case. You know, there was another story happening. And so we have to make sure that these personal stories are getting out there. But also our personal story, our personal narratives, they help us connect with the people we need to build with for the long haul, right? Because this is where we're in. we're in. We're in this for the long haul. There's no quick fix. You know, we're going to have some wins. We're going to have some losses. But if we're going to make sure that we have sustainable engagement, sustainable wins, we really got to knuckle down together now. And I'm really excited about the possibility of discussing and building out alternatives because what we've been seeing with the Democratic Party, you know, I'm, I'm so uninspired. I've actually, I've shared this with several people. Um, this is probably maybe the largest group I've shared this with, but I have been a unaffiliated voter since 2010. I, you know, I, when I, uh, my first election was Gore Bush. I was in Ohio at school. Um, and I registered Democrat because Ohio is a closed primary state. You gotta, you know, you gotta register to vote. So that's what I did because that's what you're, you're supposed to do. That right? And I, I stayed Democrat because I lived in Ohio most of my adult life until I moved to West Virginia in law school. But I still voted in Ohio because you know when you're in school, you don't necessarily think about changing your registration and stuff. But when I returned to West Virginia to work um, a couple of years after, a few years after I graduated, until in 2010. I was really aggravated because living in West Virginia off and on various points, I was very disturbed with the Democratic Party in the state of West Virginia. Because the Democratic Party, I don't even know if you can say the Republican light. There's like Republican crazy and Republican sketchy, right? Like they're like Republican sketchy. And Republicans are Republican crazy in the state of West Virginia. And it just really bothered me. And I did not want to be associated with people. Like I get these crazy emails or give us money. And it's like, I'm like, my email just feels so dirty right now. I don't even want to be bothered with you people. So I looked up the rules, right? And I, West Virginia is a primary state. You do not have to be registered Democrat to be able to still vote. And that was so liberating. That was a liberating and freeing moment for me when I was able to go down and change my registration, my voter registration. I, I was very happy to do so. I just had to remember to make sure that I got the right ballot when I would go vote, you know. So if, as, as an unaffiliated voter, I would have to make sure that if I was voting in a different primary, I asked for the then ballot. It was really that simple. And now I live in Georgia, and I don't. There's some, Georgia has some kooky, like, oath language or whatever, but whatever. Like, I wish somebody would try to enforce that. But, you know, it's been so freeing and liberating to not have to be tied to that dead weight that is the Democratic Party. And so I am very excited about the possibility of people-driven action and power to create something that's new, 
that is sustainable and that is of the people, for the people, by the people. Um, we are a political insurgency. I don't think I don't know that Bernie has completely grasped what he started. He he he, he the timing, the stars definitely aligned for all this, right? We are we've already seen the synergy of so many movements coming together post nine eleven. You know, we had the rise and we had a resurgence in, in civil rights, we had a resurgence in anti war, we had a resurgence in rich rights, we had a resurgence in so many things on a different level, right, in the past fifteen years or so that we haven't really seen probably since the 60s, and that, 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 has, that has really taken root by the time we have a Bernie Sanders rising in the presidential process. So we have all these different groups and all these different people coming together. So there's this great energy right now, and we have to be politically smart. You know, we have to be socially adventurous to get out there and be able to do what needs to be done. We're pioneers, right? And... And it's going to take being smarter. We can't, we can't think about this in terms of traditional way things are done. And I think, and I'm going to be a little critical here because that's, that's, that's kind of what I do. Um, I can support things, but I'm going to keep it real with folks. I think one of the strategic errors coming out with the campaign cycle was being too traditional campaign-minded in the Sanders camp um, in terms of the way Democrats run campaigns when all along that, that we have been in a political, we, we're political insurgents, Right. We have built a machine of the grassroots of an amazing capacity of people. You know, we took on the most formidable political family in the last 50 years. Like, that is something that we all should be so very, very proud of, right? And that is, that is, that is the energy, that is, after that is the, the drive and passion that will definitely carry us forward in, in our future endeavors. So I love the momentum. I love the synergy that is happening. And I'm going to turn it back over to Nick because I'm sure I gave you guys a nice little monologue right there. 